Today's scripture reading is from James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. It says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. The prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I worked in retail for many, many years, and one of the main questions that you ask over and over in a job like that is, how can I help you? Now, most of the time, people respond by saying, oh, I'm just browsing, which is your cue to just leave them alone. But every so often, someone responds by saying, I'm looking for a gift for my nephew's graduation, or there's this new book out by so-and-so, do you have it? Or even, there's this song playing on the radio. I don't know who it's by, and I don't know what it's called, but it's got a line about forgiveness. And that's your cue as a store associate to get to work and help meet their need. Now, if I were to listen to the customer and then respond by saying, okay, good luck with that, and walk away, wouldn't that be ridiculous? Yeah because I'd be claiming to be a store associate, but my accompanying actions wouldn't line up with that. And we see this morning that James has a lot to say about how our works need to line up with our faith. One thing that he makes very clear here is that faith that doesn't act lacks. You see, it's very easy to claim to have faith. It only requires words. It's very easy to check off a box to say that you're a Christian, but that doesn't make you one. If I told you that I strongly believed in supporting teachers, but I never did anything to support teachers, do I truly believe in supporting teachers, or were those just words? You see, what we truly believe will always come out in our actions. I can tell you that I have faith in Jesus all day long, 
But if my actions don't demonstrate that faith, do I truly have saving faith in Jesus? You see, if we truly trust in Jesus, not just believe facts about Jesus, that faith will transform the way we live toward God and towards others. Now, the scriptures show us that true faith is accompanied by our actions. John the Baptist says in Luke 3, 8, to bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And that fruit that he's talking about is the evidence that a person has turned away from sin and toward God and is now following him. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You see, it's not just about calling Jesus Lord. He actually has to be our Lord. And that is shown through our works, through our actions. Our faith comes out in our works. Now, our works are not what save us. That's something we want to keep crystal clear. It's our faith in Christ that saves us. But our works do show that our faith is real, that we truly have been saved. Every week after the sermon, we we recite the Apostles' Creed together. We affirm our faith with it. And that's a good thing. But if those words don't affect our love for God and for our neighbor, aren't they just words? What we truly believe will come out in our actions. Now, James gives a bit of a wild example here to illustrate what he's saying. He says there's a fellow Christian who's cold because of lack of clothing, who's hungry and in need of food. And in this hypothetical situation, another Christian tells them, go in peace, be warmed and filled. And that's it. How is that helpful? What good is that? I know you're hungry and cold, so go on your way. I hope things work better for you. I will send you with my thoughts and prayers, and yeah, I could probably help you, but I'm not going to. Does that line up with the teaching of Jesus? Author Sam Albury writes that merely wishing someone well in the face of both their need and our ability to help is an indication that our spoken sentiments are not sincere. James concludes that just while wish, uh, that just like wishing someone well without providing any help at all isn't helpful, so faith without works is dead. Give the poor guy some clothes and a meal, at least a sandwich. Our love Our works of love toward God and others flow from our faith in Christ who loved us first and gave himself up for us. And so James also reminds us then that faith and works are a package deal. And he responds to those who might say, well, you can have faith without works. You can have faith without actions. He says in verse 17, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. 
Our works to honor God and help our neighbors show our faith in action. I want you to think about someone uh, you know that you would say has a strong faith in Jesus. How do you know that? What leads you to that conclusion? Often, it is likely their actions. They don't just say they believe, but their faith is a lived reality in their life. Maybe they pray. They encourage others in their faith. They speak to other people about Jesus. They're willing to help when you're having a hard time. They serve others. They follow Jesus' words even when it's difficult. It's one thing to claim to have faith. It's another thing to act on that faith. But true faith acts. James says that we do well when we believe that there is one God. And that is a foundational truth to our faith, that there is only one God. But then James says, even the demons believe that. Now, they respond to that understanding with the action of trembling before God. But even so, that knowledge about God does not impact their behavior toward him. They still live as his enemies. They still live counter to God's ways. True faith, faith in Jesus, not just about Jesus, comes out in our actions of love toward God and one another. And so faith and works can't be separated. And we see these in the examples that James gives of Abraham and Rahab. Abraham trusted God in the midst of the impossible. And his faith showed itself in his willingness to sacrifice his own son as God commanded. Now, ultimately, this was a test. God did not actually allow him to do this. But Abraham's obedience demonstrated with his actions the genuineness of his faith. His action showed that he did indeed trust in God. Sam Albury writes that Abraham's faith was seen in his obedience, the kind of faith that had been credited to him as righteousness years before in Genesis 15, now produced this act of obedience in Genesis 22. The kind of act only a man of faith would perform, the kind of act that caused the doer to be considered righteous. And James concludes in verse 22, you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. Abraham's faith and actions went hand in hand. It was the same with Rahab. Very different example. Rahab was a prostitute in the land of Jericho, a city that God was about to destroy. But she believed, based on what she'd heard about the God of Israel, that he was powerful. And she acted on that faith by protecting the two Israelite spies that came to Jericho. She didn't just believe facts about God. She acted on that faith. She changed her loyalty from her country of Jericho to the God of Israel. And in doing so, she demonstrated great faith through her action of protecting 
those two spies. Her actions showed her faith was real, and her faith, quite literally, saved her life. And as James says, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Sam Albury writes again from his commentary on James, how can you tell someone is justified, that is, made right with God? How do you know if they're considered righteous by God? The answer is not by mere profession of faith. Anyone can claim to be trusting in Christ. You could train a parrot to say it. The real evidence is how the faith moves someone to obey what God has said to them. As Christians have often summarized it, Paul shows us we are saved by faith alone. James shows us that saving faith never remains alone. It is seen in godly deeds. Now, James is telling us all this. And since this is true, since faith without works is dead, then let us live out our faith through our works. You see, we're called not to just believe in Jesus, but to follow him. And what does Jesus tell us to do? What does God's word call us to? To love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And those things come out with our actions. In our lives, we're called to keep God first, where he is our ultimate affection, our top priority. And we follow his commands and the ways of his kingdom. One, week, one way we stay on track with these things is by reading God's word regularly, both individually and with other people, meeting with him in prayer, hearing a sermon podcast, hearing a biblical podcast, asking questions about our faith. We hear God's word, and we look to where God is calling us to put his word into practice. And our love for God then leads us to love one another in big and small ways. We pray for each other, we serve each other, encourage each other, and help each other. And we see this when we make a meal for someone who's just had surgery, or when we take up a collection for someone in need in our community, or when we visit someone who's hurting and lend a listening ear. And if we can't do anything else because of injury or ailment or disability, we can simply show God's love in what we can do. What about other ways that we can serve not only those in our church, but in our community at large? Well, certainly we want to pray and ask God to direct us to those needs, to show us how we can bless others. And these works of mercy and compassion, they don't have to be complicated. It can be very simple. It be giving a food line gift card to someone who just lost their job. Offering to watch someone's kids who's going through a difficult time. Helping someone navigate complicated government programs like Medicare and Medicaid. It could look like giving to a food pantry or volunteering at a food pantry. But it's about taking, advantages of, taking advantage of opportunities to bless people. Now, no one can do everything. And believe me, I'm not telling you to do everything. But everyone can do something. And these works flow out of our faith in the one who loved us first and who gave himself up for us. And so we love others as Christ 
loved us. Our works don't save us, but they go hand in hand with our faith. And some of these things that I've mentioned are ways that our church already serves, and what a tremendous blessing that is. In fact, one person mentioned to me the other day that out of the churches that they've attended, Rocky Creek is the most active they've seen in serving their community. Now, that is a blessing to hear, and and I'm so grateful to hear it, and I think that should encourage us. But rather than sit back and say, yep, we're the cool church, rather than doing that, let it motivate us to continue to serve the Lord, to continue to serve others, to see how we can continue to bless one another and our community in Jesus' name. And so let's pray for God to give us wisdom as a church for what needs God is calling us to meet. So like I've been saying, we have been saved and forgiven by God's grace through faith. We don't earn our way to God. I want to make that clear. But if that is truly the case, our faith, if we truly are saved, our faith will come out in our actions. Now, when we see that our faith has not come out in our actions or that our actions are very different from what they should be, that's a call for us to turn to God and to say, Lord, I've messed up. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. Help me to change. And in that, we find God's grace and forgiveness. We are given it. And we are given the power of the Holy Spirit to grow and to have our faith be lived out in our actions, little by little, day by day. Because faith without works is dead, but faith with works is living and breathing. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all the works that you have done to save us. For your incredible love, and we thank you that we do not earn our way to you. But Lord, that in being saved, you call us to live like you lived, Jesus. To love God and love one another. And we pray that you would show us ways that we can do just that. Ways that we can live out our faith toward you, ways that we can live out our faith in you by ministering to other people in our sphere of influence. Lord, help us to remember these things. Forgive us where we failed as we know that all of us have failed at one time or another. But work in us. Work in us to serve. Work in us to keep you first. And we pray that you be glorified in all that we say and do in Jesus' name. Amen.